Welcome to the Making Money in the Music Business podcast, where we share insightful views on a variety of topics in the music industry that can help you make more money from your music business. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. William E. Smith and Kenya McGuire Johnson. Hey, Kenya, we are back. Hello, Dr. Smith. I decided to call you Dr. Smith today. <laughs> I appreciate I feel, it. <laughs> I feel like being official. <laughs> hey, hey, well, you know, it, it is official. I only do <laughs> that once in a while. I know. I know you worked hard for that. I know, <laughs> but I'm not going to oh, I'm going to just say will in a minute. But I just thought I'd give that to you this today. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so how cool. are you? I'm doing pretty well. Um, school's about to kick up and um, getting all prepared for that and got a bunch of projects on the table. So it's always good to be be of uh, good use. Yeah. You know, that's what we're all trying to do. Yeah. Your school starts late. Aren't our students supposed to be back learning by now? I don't know. Uh, that yeah, seems we do start late. late but it's, yeah, you guys start late. I am not complaining. <laughs> I know you're not. <laughs> I'm not complaining. I know you're not. <laughs> Anyway, we have a really special guest and, and a little bit of, um, I would say we, we're used to having musicians and, you know, so forth here. But mm-hmm. today we've got somebody who features musicians, which is always, always awesome. a good thing. Um, so, but before we bring him on, you have a music tip for us. Yes, I do. I have a music tip and it's more... Um, uh, philosophical in nature, but it's basically, uh, and this has sort of been uh, milling around with what I've been working on and then sort of our pre-conversation before the show, but it's mm. basically write what you love. Mm. Um, and that's, that's sort of something I've been coming up against because when you're able to do a whole bunch of things and when you're, and you're also interested in a lot of different things, you sort of get, you can, can get sidetracked and you also, sort of just do stuff because you can do stuff. And mm-hmm. it's really about writing and doing what you love to do, what basically what, what inspires you. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that's, that's sort of the, the thing I want people to really focus on and just don't be running around in all these different directions because, you know, you're not going to get to the water digging a whole bunch of holes. You got to dig one mm-hmm. deep hole to get to the water. I needed to hear that sermon today. Yes, I, I, I'm. <laughs> I'm constantly trying to tell um, artists who I coach, um, and and also because I do counseling of students too, and 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 you know it's really easy to get caught up in doing things that you can do. You know, you can do many things. You can right. go to the moon. <laughs> you can figure right. out how, yeah. you know, to do pretty much anything. But that's a very different thing than doing what you actually are inspired and love to do, um, which is a completely. Yeah, you're right. So we will definitely you had told me before we started the recording that we <laughs> that this was going to probably be a future topic for an episode. And you yes, were right. I you did. were right. <laughs> definitely needs to be a topic and i think this is a good time of the year to to do that so we have to do that soon because i know at the top of the year we often have all these things we're trying to do and 
you know, those things that are not sustainable usually are because they're coming from a place of just I can as opposed to. Ins- and to I, I'm going to add the second part just so when we go back and listen to this, when we're going back to our idea, there is a second <laughs> part to this. So write what you love and then love what you write. Ooh, and that's a whole different conversation. That is. Yeah. Okay. We'll get to that. That actually we'll we might even that. talk about that as a tip next time. Yeah, uh, yeah, that will be the next tip. Okay. All right. Today's podcast is brought to you by Bandzoogle. From garage bands to Grammy winners, Bandzoogle powers the websites for thousands of musicians around the world. Their simple step-by-step system will get you online literally in minutes. You can choose from dozens of mobile-friendly templates, then customize your design and content in just a few clicks. Built for musicians by musicians, Banzoogle has all of the features you need for your website and EPK already built in. This includes tools to sell music and merch commission-free right on your website, stream your music with flexible options for music downloads, commission-free crowdfunding and fan subscription features, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send professional newsletters, integrations to pull in content from your online services, including YouTube, Twitter, and SoundCloud, and live support from their musician-friendly team. Not one, not two, but seven days a week. Banzoogle plans start at just $8.29 per month. Yep, that's what I said, just $8.29 per month and includes your own free custom domain name. Gotta love that. Go to bandzoogle.com to try it for free for 30 days and be sure to use our promo code MAKINGMONEYPOD to get 15% off the first year of your subscription. That's again, MAKINGMONEYPOD to get 15% off the first year. But, well, no, next, and... I'm excited to bring this guest. Um, I kind of, you guys know, I try to give little stories when we bring in guests that I know personally. And I feel so just blessed to know so many amazing people in this entertainment industry. It still trips me out that I can kind of call people like, wow, those those people are my are my people. So it's really cool. Mm -hmm. This guest. um, It's funny. I when I just was beginning my journey in performing and doing music and and you know those of you out there listening you know when you're when you're first starting it gets one of the toughest things to do is get booked to be able to perform live um to actually you know have somebody say we want you um that can be very frustrating can be very challenging because you you know what you're capable of doing and you feel ready and you love your music but you're waiting for somebody else to give you the credence to say yes we want you and this guest was i if not i think he might have been the second person who like a legit person who was like we want you to perform for something and i was just like wow and it was a really fantastic venue in chicago and that's kind of how we began our relationship but he has just blossomed in his career and has created this phenomenal um, docu-series, documentary um, about independent artistry, particularly of soul, indie soul artists. And so I'm going to let him explain it more. I think this is um, really, really going to be an informative conversation on many levels because he is coming from the aspect as a film 
uh, director and producer, um, and he has a, a wonderful feature that's coming up. It's going to be playing in Chicago. By the time the listeners hear this on Monday, the showcase that this, the screening he's going to be doing is happening the very next day on Tuesday, January 28th. So we're going to get all into that. But before we get into that, welcome, John. How are you, John? Hey, John. <laughs> How are you? How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we're awesome. good. We're good. And thank you for, we kind of, you know, usually we book out people way in advance and, you know, try to, but I really wanted to, you know, John had reached out to me. Um, it's always, you're always on a grind when you're trying to make sure everybody's aware of the different events that you're putting on and happening. And he had reached out and I was like, why don't you just be on our podcast? Like talk about it on our podcast. It's really good timing. We have the space. And yeah, so um, I'm glad that you, was great. <laughs> yeah, it did. So if you could just share with our audience a little bit more about yourself, what it is that you do and kind of what has brought you to, well, let's do this. What you do, what is this whole indie soul journeys? I try to kind of say a little bit, but I want, I want the listeners to hear it from you and what even brought you to decide to do this series. Right. So again, thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited. Um, this is really, you, you guys just want to say this really quickly, the perfect platform to talk about mm. uh, the project that I've been working on, a passion project of mine for the past going on seven years. Um, so talking on it, talking about it on this uh, podcast is just a really perfect platform for this. So um, Indie Soul Journeys. Indie Soul Journeys is a music docuseries. <laughs> Um, that my team and I began working on, as I said, back in the spring of 2013. Um, and it was actually born out of a bigger idea, a bigger concept, which was a feature length documentary film, which we're probably still going to do. Um, but Indie Soul Journeys is just kind of, man, taking on a life of its own, if you will in terms of the momentum and things that started to pick up with it. And we just kind of veered direction towards getting it done and um, put the documentary piece on the back burner. But um, basically what it is, is it's a docuseries where we are chronicling the personal and professional journeys of independent soul music artists around the country and, and, and even around the world. We're, we're talking with artists from as far as Japan, London, uh, you know, to, to do their stories in upcoming episodes and seasons as well, because I'm sure you guys are probably mm -hmm. at some point discussed on this podcast that this whole independent artist thing is a global thing. It's a global happening. So mm -hmm. um, that's that's kind of what we explore. One of the elements that we explore through Indie Soul, Indie Soul Journeys and the artists that we uh, document. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, what? Well, go, um, I'm sorry, me and Will ahead. compete. I'm, we I'm, compete, I, John. I, I, I'm just we saying compete. we compete all the time. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to talk? Yeah. <laughs> technically, it's Will's turn, but I'm stilling. I'm going to still. Yeah, it's technically my turn. <laughs> 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 but no, I, I'll, I'll jump in. So, so John, because um, uh, Ken, Kenya knows you well, and uh, and this this is actually my first time meeting you. So, but yes. I want to um, for you to basically tell talk to our listeners about sort of what what goes behind i guess the decision to select an artist for your for your uh feature mm -hmm. and and then and also um what what is it that you're trying to uh get across mm -hmm. when you're doing doing the feature because as as a director i know you're you're 
sort of you're taking the the clips and you're trying to tell a story right. with the uh, with the visuals and everything and all the the, the dialogue. But um, what is it that you want to get across to the the people watching the documentary? Right. So to to that's a really great question. The, the, particularly the first part is in terms of how we identify or, or decide what type of artists or which artists we want to um, do stories on. I think with this first season, season one, um, that was a really, really easy choice because I, I and I mean what what I mean by that is when you think about independent artists, when you think about uh, how typically that particular uh, phrase has been defined. I think the six artists that we focus on in season one, and let me name them because I've alluded to them, let me name who they are. Uh, our season one, the six artists to see that we're focusing on in season one is uh, Eric Roberson, uh, who, I mean, I'm sure you probably talked about and maybe even mm-hmm. talked to on your podcast. He's referred to as the mm-hmm. quote unquote king of independent soul music. Um, Frank McComb, who's been a part of this music industry for 25 plus years, um, a totally and wholly self-contained entity and, and enterprise in and of himself mm-hmm. tours the world doing his music and has worked with some of the biggest names in this industry uh, as a musician, singer, songwriter. Uh, Cy Smith, who we're going to be featuring next week uh, here in Chicago at the City Winery. Uh, we're going to be screening her episode. Uh, who on her uh, her bio she's re- she refers to and has been referred to as the king of excuse me the queen of underground soul of independent soul I call it the hardest working woman in soul music because that sister keeps it moving you know um, um, Mesa Leak Mesa Leak who was the front person for many many years for Incognito and has carved out an amazing solo career in her own right as an independent artist. Uh, Avery Sunshine, who I think is one of the biggest and brightest uh, of the newer age stars, you know, in terms of independent soul music, um, has really made an amazing uh, uh, career trek for herself in terms of her and her partner slash husband, Dana, what they've done with her career as as an independent entity. And Yazara St. James um, is our sixth and final uh, artist that we're focusing on in season one, who's um, toured with some of the biggest artists in the world, Lenny Kravitz. I think she's currently on tour with Madonna uh, doing backgrounds and she's um, Mm. been a vocalist, a part of the foreign exchange music label, which is uh, a really huge independent label that's done some amazing things in the industry over the past 10 or 15 years as well. And now she's stepped out on her own and making amazing music and, and, and really carving a path for herself as an independent artist. So all of those people, I think when you look at them, when you look at their music, when you look at their lives and their careers, I mean, independent, self-contained, wholly contained, just kind of jumps right out at you when you kind of just look at who they are and how they do things. So choosing those artists for season one has been really an easy task because I think these individuals really personify what it is and what it means to be a truly independent artist, a truly self-contained entity out here uh, creating the machine that drives you yourself, you know? Um, so so that, that choice was really easy for us moving into season one in terms of identifying who we wanted to target. 
And I forgot what your second part of your question was because I talked so much. Oh, the I second part was basically the second part was what type of story are you trying to tell with the series? Because of course we're going to get the uh, um, the what they're doing right. in in general, but what there, there's a storyline basically that that follows through with all of this stuff that everybody can tell. And I guess how are you trying to tell that story? Right. So. The, the interesting thing is everybody that we're focusing on has obviously, you know, we all have our own unique stories to tell. Right. Uh, whether it's musically, professionally, personally, whatever. And I think that comes out really, really well in each episode that we're doing. Season one uh, is these very unique uh, stories for each particular artist, their journey, how they got from where they began, these humble beginnings that each one of them have to carving out these amazing careers that they have over the past 10, 15, 20, however many years they've been doing it. But the overarching theme, I think, that uh, mm -hmm. I think people will see with each episode of Indie Soul Journeys is one that's aspirational, one that's inspirational. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the messaging that we want to kind of project with each episode is, uh, I think we've been kind of... Uh, calling it the the how I got over effect, you know, <laughs> how did I overcome whatever particular obstacle, whatever particular hurdle may have been in my way on my path to this independent fame, stardom, sustainability, whatever, and however you want to refer to it. Um, and it's a recurring theme in each episode. And, and everybody, again, everybody's story is unique, but the 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 running theme between all six episodes is that each person had these things that were in front of them and through their own whatever's through their own trials tribulations travails and often ultimately triumphs were able to overcome them mm -hmm. so how i got over that's really that phrase that we really kind of mm -hmm. push out there in terms of what the messaging is and what we want the takeaway to be for people who right, may see right. these episodes, one where people are inspired by these stories, you know, when people, whether you're an artist or whether you're just an everyday working person, you know, to see somebody pull themselves up by their bootstraps and make their dreams, their visions for their lives happen. You know, that, that, that to me is a story that can inspire pretty much anybody in any area of life. So I think that would probably be above all the reoccurring thing that'll come out in each episode of Indie Soul Journeys. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've um I was able to see Eric Roberson's and you're right. We've we've been able to interview Eric who is like such a complete pleasure on so many levels. Like he and is. so um and I know that his episode there's so much that you know you're inspired by, but more than that you really see the people. Like they're you know so many so often when you see artists you know, whether they're independent or mainstream or what have you, you still only, you know, this is just a snapshot. You just see them on a stage, you know, performing, right. but to just see who they actually are and how relatable, um, you know, like you said, whether you're a musician or not, just th those things that happen in life that divert you and stop you and motivate you and demotivate you. And I know Eric's, um, his feature was, was really, really, I, I was a lot that I learned from that, that I didn't know about him. Um, yes. and I'm really looking forward to, you know, seeing size as well. Um, cause I'm sure the same thing's going to happen. My, my question for you is <clears throat> what even made you decide to do this? Like, what was it just like, 
are you just a music lover and it's like, let me let the world see this? Yeah, or was it yeah. you were just talking to somebody and like, we should do something? What what got you here? It, it, it was it was pieces of all of that. You know, it was mm-hmm. I, I first and foremost, I was a fan, just like you, just like Will, just like, you know, mm-hmm. all of us, you know, fan of these artists, fan of the music. And um, I would say this began probably um, from a fan standpoint in the early 2000s, where my taste mm-hmm. in terms of what I was listening to and what I ultimately began seeking out music wise Unbeknownst to me at the time, I didn't know it consciously, but it really started to gear more towards uh, independent artists in terms of the kind of music that I ended up buying and and listening to uh, and seeking out. And um, as I did that, as I learned more about each individual artist, what I started to recognize was this kind of interconnected web of people and this community, if you will of music mm-hmm. artists, uh, venue owners, uh, publicists, writers, bloggers, this kind of interconnected mm-hmm. world uh, of um, individuals who were kind of propping up this community um, and kind of making it go, you know? And that mm-hmm. was just really in and of itself, this amazing thing. And it was all happening outside of what I think we had come to know that quote unquote major label machine to be and look like. You know, Mm -hmm. where I was seeing these individuals making, first and foremost, this amazing art um, and thriving and surviving outside of what I think the typical fan would think that they could in terms of how they were getting it out there, how they were marketing it, how they were promoting, how they would be booking for shows, getting it even into retailers. And the more I dug, the more amazed that I was by the the, the persistence, the uh, tenacity and and the the drive that I recognized was a common characteristic in each and every individual and the community, that that sense of community that go along, everybody kind of pushing along and helping along everybody else. So as a fan, when I started to see that, that made me dig deeper and want to know more about the people the entities all behind the scenes that kind of was propping this community up. And then just me being the uh, big dream having arrogant dude that I am was like, <laughs> man, somebody's got to do something about this. How were, how was this amazing music being heard or being made rather, but you're not hearing it on the radio. You're not yeah. um, seeing it in these typical places and spaces where you come to know music to be played and promoted, you know? And quite frankly, I mean, no offense to anybody, but the music that I had fell in love with is being made by these independent artists, quite frankly, was a heck of a lot better, you know, at least in my ear. It was, it was the preferred music for me. And I felt like it deserved a bigger and better platform. So I went about doing that. You know, I had no idea on the front end what it was going to be and how I was going to do it. Um, but it, you know, it ultimately turned into a uh, television docu series that'll be, you know, broadcast on PBS in the springtime. But it all began yeah. with me as a fan and loving the music and loving it enough to want to pay homage through creating some kind of platform that I felt was worthy of the music and that the music was worthy of. That's what that's what started. Yeah, that's. 
that's that's right on point. And I, you just dropped something that I think you uh, you can't just like leave hanging. But uh, I want you to go into that. Um, uh, how how did that come about? How did the uh, the television um, connect and and uh, the broadcasting opportunity come the PBS, about? Yes, so, yeah, the PBS. Yeah, I, and I'm glad I'm glad you, you you asked that because it gives me opportunity uh, and and uh, to to give homage to a very very special individual. Uh, who's since passed on. Um, um, mm. I told him while he was here, God, God rest his soul, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to have told him while he was here, but I'll, I'll never get tired of, of giving him his flowers before and after, you know? But um, mm. to start right. at the very beginning, um, like I said in the earlier, this all started as a documentary, feature-length documentary. And then that kind of evolved into us saying, well, a documentary is kind of really a one-off kind of happening. How do we create something that's a continuous kind of ongoing thing where we can continue mm-hmm. to kind of highlight these artists, these, this community? So out of that was born the idea for Indie Soul Journeys. And back, uh, I want to say about three years ago, we were having conversation, ongoing conversations with the network um, that didn't work out. I'll just say that um, without naming the network, it okay. didn't work out. <laughs> and um, when after a year of negotiation with the uh, the other network, um, I went to this friend of mine by the name of Dedry Jones. And um, at the time, Dedry was working with uh, the PBS affiliate here in Chicago, WTTW. And um, he was actually putting his show in place with TTW. His show was um, the Dedry Jones Experience. And his television show with TTW was born out of a 15-year-long live event that he had been doing for many years, um, where he it was half interview with artists and half performance. And some executives over at TTW came and checked out his live event, fell in love with it, and wanted to turn it into a television series. So that's how Dedry's relationship began with PBS and WTTW. So when things fell apart for me with the other network that I was talking with, I went to my buddy and let him know what was going on. And I said, hey, man, do you think TTW, PBS would be interested in what we're doing at all? Man, I got to find a house for this. Like, I have no idea what I'm going to do now. Like, I was back to square one. And Dedry being Dedry said, I don't know, but let's put it in front of him and see. Um, (laughs) So he sent the trailer that we had at the time to um, one of the executives over there who was EP, executive producer on his show by the name of Juliet Buford. Um, Juliet got back with me, got back to me with less than a week saying that she loved it and that she was Mm -hmm. going to kick it up to the vice president of programming at the time, a gentleman by the name of Dan Souls. Um, Dan has since left TTW, but was there for over 25 years. And anybody in the Chicago area that watched PBS, anything that you ever saw on PBS in the last 25 years, Dan is the guy that greenlit it. Dan was the guy that said, <laughs> yes, let's put it on the airways. That's who Dan Soul was. So Dan took a look at it and he liked it. And um, that's to make a really long story short, how the relationship with PBS began, because he not only liked it for the local broadcast, he believed in it day one in terms of it being a show that had national appeal. So um, we were really very honored. Um, First and foremost, we were happy that we had a house again, you know, (laughs) know, because after a year of (laughs) conversation. And a pretty darn good house. Yeah, 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 man. Um, I mean, there's no stronger brand. There's no stronger television 
entity and presence than PBS. Yeah. Who doesn't watch PBS? You know what I mean? Exactly. You know, exactly. and it's the, things happen for a reason. I mean, that's that's the thing. It didn't work out on the other one because this Absolutely. was supposed to go down. And, and that's what I told yeah. my team, man. And what was crazy was all of the stuff that the other network, they sent us through whatever hurdles they sent us through. And one of the last things that they asked us to put together, actually the very last thing was a pitch deck. They said, well, I'm trying to convince my other executives to fall in line and get get you guys to get to bring you guys on board. How about you just create a pitch deck for us? And I'll present that to my other executives and, and I'll see if that works. This is what the executive at the other network said. It was the very last thing that I we that was requested of us. They had requested all of these other things, trailers, and uh, one sheets and on and on and on. So I had no idea what a pitch deck was. Um, <laughs> um, but myself and my um, co-producer, L. Michael Gibson, we put our heads together. We created a pitch deck and got it. It's nothing more than a presentation, like a PowerPoint presentation, things like that, where you're just breaking down your show. But at the time, I had no right. idea. But we put it right, together. Right. And after all of that, they ended up still saying no. But the very last mm-hmm. thing that that network asked us to put to create was the first thing that we presented to Dan and got him to say, yeah. So wow. it, like you just <laughs> yeah. said, William, it all happened for a reason. It all and happened I think, for a reason. Uh, I think that that year was just nothing more than just kind of prepping for me and for us. Because like I said, none of these things that they were asking me for did I have any idea what to do mm-hmm. or how to do it. I'm not a traditionally trained um, filmmaker. I've learned all of this. It's baptism right. by fire for me. The past mm-hmm. five or six years in terms of becoming a filmmaker. That's what you got to do. Yeah, on the job day. training. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. On the job, on the field training. Like, my goodness. Um, so, but that year with that network, it really taught me a lot. I grew a lot in terms of how you pitch and present to a network, uh, what they look for, the types of things that you need to be talking about and saying about your product. And more importantly, understanding how to position and pitch your product in a way that helps the person on the other end of the conversation understand how what you have benefits them. Why do they need your product? Why do they need to find space on their airwaves for your television station? Right. And that was the thing that I learned through that year. So it was, it definitely wasn't a loss, even though it didn't work out. Um, It it was much, it was very much a learning experience. Um, One I'm grateful for, because again, we found a home for it and I, I couldn't be more pleased. Wow, awesome. there was so many golden nuggets in that and so many things that I hope people, <laughs> you know, learn from because what you just said, had you not gone through that process, right? you, you know, you even though it was daunting and it didn't, you know, quote unquote, work out, but it actually worked out because, like you said, that pitch deck going through that is that was the thing that kind of sealed the deal. But for PBS, but before that and we talk about this a lot on the podcast is your relationships relationships and and the fact that Mm -hmm. you could go to Dedry in that moment and I I know Dedry and you know I know he's looking down on this and I promise you you got it angel that's that's the one beauty of of that transition is listen was our angel while he was here and while he was gone you know and and let me be clear to the people out there dedry's show wasn't even on the air 
<laughs> when he agreed mm. to help us pitch our show. And it's yeah. like, you know, those types of things. I mean, that's not like just leaves hanging out on a tree. You know what I mean? In terms of opportunities to create mm-hmm. a television show. Like, it's right. like, dude, he could have easily have said, like, dude, I ain't even in the door real good. You want me to pitch your stuff? <laughs> right, right. You know? And right. I would have totally got it. I would have totally got it because I many right. a time I had sat in Dedry's store talking about how mm-hmm. he wanted to turn his uh, live shows into a television show. So I knew that what was yeah. happening was his dream. And it right. was something that right. he had envisioned for his experiences for 15 years. But that brother didn't hesitate. He didn't hesitate to open up his, as you just said, contacts to me and help us pitch our show to PBS. And it worked out for both of us. You know, of course, they continued to work with his show. And before he passed, uh, just to let the people know, his show was about to be expanded into 104 other other, uh, markets around the country. Mm. Mm. 104 Mm. other markets. So it, it ended up, his dream absolutely became a reality. And I'm so grateful that my brother got an opportunity mm-hmm. to live out some of that before he passed on. And I'm so grateful right, right. that he uh, gave a helping hand to us to find a home at PBS. And it's the reason why, and I'll just close this part out of it by saying that season one, the entire season one of Indie Soul Journeys will be dedicated in Dedry's memory. Because without him, mm-hmm. you know, we wouldn't be there. We wouldn't yep. be there. Well, that's and that's that's the beauty of, again, that connection. And and in fact, what what you're doing, you know, from what I saw, you know, I've only seen one of the features with the one with Eric Roberson. But from what I'm seeing, that's the very and I've gone to many of Dedry's um, experiences, the live experiences. That's an extension. I mean, it's it really is an extension of what he was doing, you know, and and letting people know the story behind the artist. And, right. you know, and, and what you're doing is that in film. And yes. so it's it's, in fact, you know, quite yet again, divine. And so like gives you those goosebumps. It's like it's it's still an extension. And it was his gift while on Earth. But it's the gift that, you know, keeps giving. So I, I, I bring all this up because I want the listeners to really understand the value of relationships. And we cannot, we cannot stress this more that yeah. your relationships, even when you yeah. don't know stuff, when you don't know what a pitch deck, when you don't know how to whatever, those relationships, people do. There are people who do know. And when you, when you connect with people on an authentic space and, you know, then yeah, you know, people people help people you know when we're inspired to do that so build those relationships so important i'd also add that you have to um also value the process because what you just talked about is 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 respecting the process but and not getting down when things don't happen the way you want them to it's just realizing that there's value in every part of the process you know and, i will i'm so glad you I bring think, that up because i think it's you, really you important to stress i am not by nature a process and details person i can't stand <laughs> minutiae like instinctively the, the those little itty bitty things you know what i'm saying those yeah. little itty bitty nuts and bolts that in and of themselves they look so tiny and insignificant but if you don't screw mm-hmm. on that nut that just right or, or put that boat in the right place, the whole thing falls apart. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what yep. I had to learn and understand 
and not just with this process uh, of this six, seven year journey with Indie Soul Journeys, but even long before we even came into a place in a space where Indie Soul Journeys was possible, I had to teach myself, consciously teach myself to fall in love with the process. You got to Mm. with those little Mm -hmm. things understand the value and the importance of the details, you know, that follow-up phone call, um, making mm-hmm. sure that before you hit send on that business email to whoever it is that you're pitching yourself or your idea to, that all your eyes literally are dotted and that hey, this word is spelled oh, the right yeah. way. Don't <laughs> leave it to spell mm-hmm. check. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, making mm-hmm. sure running past that PowerPoint presentation by two or three or four people getting different mm-hmm. people's feedback on it. You know, how does this look to you? Mm-hmm. You see anything that I need to change? Um, mm-hmm. Understanding that that first draft is most likely the worst draft, you know, and being <laughs> exactly. willing, being willing to go through t- three, four, five drafts of something, you know, mm-hmm. before you get it to that mm-hmm. place in space to where it really is saying what you wanted to say and the messaging is just right. The details, man, that mm-hmm. process, the process, I had to fall in love with the process. I couldn't have made this six, seven year journey and brought it up to the finish line that we're about to cross in a couple of months. If Mm -hmm. I did not fall in love with details and, and, and understand the value of those little things that seem small and insignificant, but they're the difference between you getting what you want and you're not getting it. And that's just really a fact. Exactly. Exactly. Hmm. Yes, wow. yes. Wow. <laughs> that's, You've given yeah, a lot of metaphors, a lot of metaphors with the nuts and the, but not the nuts, the, the well, bolts. the bolts, the screws, <laughs> you know, all those things, they hey, fall man. apart. No, that's, you know, no, you're right. These metaphors those, have those been real life situations where stuff has come <laughs> crashing down <laughs> because, exactly. you know, years ago, I didn't respect those nuts and bolts. You know what I mean? And, you know, my yeah. mama, you know, we were all kids when, uh, you know, your mom made you clean up your room or something like that. And I had this real bad habit where I would just grab the covers from the bottom of the bed and I just pull them up. You know, I really yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't take each cover off, which is what she would want me right. to do. She would want me to right. take mm-hmm. off the fitted sheet, the sheet, the cover, the mat, all of that <laughs> stuff and lay them all down. I'm like, Flashbacks, man, yeah. I'm not doing that. That's crazy. <laughs> um, so I would grab and then I would leave out the room thinking that I had, okay, I just made my bed. I'm good. And I would come back <laughs> in my room five minutes later and I would see the pile of the covers on the floor because my mother snatched yep. it all off. <laughs> yep. And I look at her and she said, now do it right. Right. And right. she would stand there and she would watch me each cover that from the fitted to the sheet to the whatever. <laughs> I mean, she would snatch the pillowcases off the pillows <laughs> and make me do it right. Oh, Lord. And she would stand there and watch me. And when she was done, she would say to me, now, had you done this right, you wouldn't be exactly. doing this we twice. Have been here. Okay. You now created right. double work for yourself because you got to fix mm. what you didn't do right and then do it right. Yes. She said, do mm. it right the first time and you won't have to do it twice the second time. <laughs> Nope. Lessons mm. like that stick with you. <laughs> yeah, no, I sure do. I am that mama. I am that mama constantly saying, that <laughs> "You got to do this right." 
but Start um, it over. And, and they're so yeah. transferable. Mm. You know what I mean? They're, those are lessons that are yeah. so universal, man. Where you under if you yeah. just do it right the first time, and yeah, it's going to be tedious. Yeah, yeah it's going to take time. But if you get it mm-hmm. right, you won't have to go back and clean up the mess you made and then exactly. do it the right way that you should have did it the first time. Exactly. So, yeah. Taking you, those you, you shortcuts. Can't be oh, taking those shortcuts. Ain't no such no. thing. Ain't no such thing. No. No, no. such thing. Well, I don't, want, <laughs> I don't want us to run out of time. We could go on and on because me, the mother of two boys do, do, that do what you just said. <laughs> Um, I can go on and on. But, um, I want to make sure in our last couple minutes, please tell us about, um, well, how can people see this? I know if you're in Chicago, you will, you can absolutely see this amazing work that John is doing. So please share. Yes. Get on. So we're going to be broadcasting, um, spring of 2020, um, April, I believe. And we're going to put out the exact Mm -hmm. date. On all of our social media, you can go on Facebook and find us at Indie Soul Journeys. Just search Indie Soul Journeys. That's I-N-D-I-E, Soul, S-O-U-L, and Journeys, J-O-U-R-N-E-Y-S. On Twitter, we're at Indie S-O Journeys. Not Soul, all the way spelled out, Indie S-O Journeys, because they wouldn't give me the whole soul word. I had too many characters, I guess. So Indie S-O Journeys. And on uh, Instagram, we are at indie underscore soul underscore journeys. So I'm giving you all of those because those will be the ways that we put out when we're broadcasting um, here in Chicago and then when we go national to other affiliates around the country. But what's coming up immediately is um, right here in Chicago at the City Winery, um, January 28th, Tuesday, January 28th, uh, we're doing a screening of one of our episodes that will be featuring the amazing Cy Smith, the hardest working woman in soul music. Um, <laughs> we're going to be screening her episode. Uh, we're going to have a really, really dope Q&A uh, with Cy where she's talking about elements of the episode, elements of her life and her career. I'll be up there with her as the uh, producer of the series for any questions that people may have about the series and the production of it. And after that Q&A, Sai's going to do a thing. She's going to get on the stage and she's going to perform and she's going to show nice. people why we said, yeah, we need to do <laughs> an Indie Soul Journeys mm-hmm. episode on Sai Smith. So yeah, that's happening yeah. January 28th at City Winery here in Chicago. So we're really, really, really awesome. excited. I love these opportunities to get it in front of live audiences. You know, um, like you said, Kenya, you were at the one that we did mm-hmm. back in May. I mean, no, no, March of 2018. Mm-hmm. When we uh, mm-hmm. when we screened the Eric Robeson episode and then Eric performed and everything and that just went so amazing, um, mm-hmm. just to get that firsthand uh, feedback from the folk on how they feel about the show and 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 the artists and and the artists love the opportunity too because it's a it's a different way to present their music to the people. You know, mm-hmm. they not only get to talk mm-hmm. about their lives and careers and get people to understand what their journey has been to get to the place in the space that they are today. But um, they also get to perform for the people and, and understand, for, you know, give people opportunity to understand all of the passion and the work that's gone into that music that we've all grown to fall in love with. So, you know, I'm really excited about awesome. what these screeners are going to do moving forward into 2020. We probably won't do another mm-hmm. one until the spring after Indie Soul Journeys is aired. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really excited about this one on January 28th. So if people want to see what this brand is about, good, definitely good. hit the Indie Soul Journeys page on Facebook or Twitter. We have the links there for City Winery, or you can just go to uh, citywinery.com, uh, click on the Chicago venue, and um, January 28th is the date. You can get your tickets still for the Sysmith uh, screener. Come out and join us and uh, see for yourself what Indie Soul Journeys is all about. Yes. Awesome. I will be there. Well, so yes, come, great. come, come yeah. and join us. Yeah. Well, we are Thanks. we are at our end. This has been fantastic. You've said so much more than I think we even even thought that you would be able to all those well, metaphors and mama stories, please. That was uh-huh. Make sure you play this right. for your mama so she knows right. it works. Oh, but um <laughs> Yeah, so thank you so much. And Will, I guess we're yep. wrapping this up and cool. we got an, we, an, another great episode. I love these. Another love great episode. Well, thank you guys always, so always much for having episode. me. I really, truly appreciate oh, the opportunity welcome. to be here. Um, appreciate I it, love man. what you're doing. This is valuable, not just because I'm on it now, <laughs> but this podcast <laughs> is so valuable. Um, this is what artists today need to hear, you know? Um, there's yeah, so yeah, much yeah. more that I could have gone into about the lessons that I learned from each artist in terms of nuggets that they drop about their lives and about mm-hmm. their careers. But it's really, you know, stuff like what you guys are doing, man, that, that um, really help people understand what the landscape is like now, because it's not like it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. And people need to understand right. that. What right. the, what's the current landscape of this music and film and entertainment industry? And how do how do I take advantage of that? How do I find a foothold in it where I can make something sustainable out of it? So what you're doing is a really, really powerful thing, man. Really, really powerful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank we appreciate you. that. We really appreciate yep. it. We we have fun. We have fun. Yes. All right. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> all right. We'll see you all next week for another next great week. episode. And uh, uh, be sure to like and subscribe. And uh, thank you all for checking us out again. Yes. And make sure you guys write reviews because we want to hear. Y- do y'all like it as That's much right. as we do? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. All right. Take Talk care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. If you would like to join our new artist development program, the 3MB Club, please contact us via email at 3mbpodcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on your podcast player and leave us a rating and review. Also, please leave us a comment on our Facebook or Instagram page. And if you would like to contact us about a specific topic, you can email us at 3mbpodcast at gmail.com.